Come on, John, sing us an intro song. Oh, is it already on? Song today. Motherfucker, sing us an intro song. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, dude. No. What, what am I going to sing? Well, this is awkward. Yeah. What a way to start the podcast. <laughs> you got to at least give me something. You're the lyrical genius. You got to give me something to sing, and then I'll sing it. Give me some of that sugar, ho. Whether you like it or if you don't. It's a collaboration, <laughs> though. I got to agree on it. All right, That's all right. Garbage. What happened to the intro? Phil Collins. I'm over that. Mm. I'm not. You know what the Phil Collins intro was? It wasn't Phil Collins. It's somebody else. But it was like it was his Phil. partner. Yeah. Peter you know what, Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. You know what it did to me? That intro. What? It was so upbeat that I felt like I had to be like a radio announcer. Yeah, you did. I was like, all right, and this hey, is Winston, and this is a podcast, and we're fucking doing stuff now. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then it's like, and then you got to somehow bring it back down. Well, I bring it down. You mm. bring it down. but I, I liked that vibe. I like starting from a, you know, place where I'm kind of chill. I'm already in the zone. I don't have to try and... Because that's... A, when I come with that level of intensity, then I got to <laughs> fucking have to... I got to yeah, maintain you gotta it. keep it there. You know? That's true. I, I get your point. I guess we don't need that intro. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it next time if you really want it. We'll let the baby have his bottle. We can, <laughs> we can, we can work in the intro somehow, like, without us no, having no. to hear it. No, no, the baby wants his okay. bottle, the baby's got his we bottle. We can just, like, after, we can, after production, you know? Oh, yeah. Work it in. Dude, I want to get some editing tools. Yeah, so we'll some, edit. So we've got some good shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the shit. You gotta get a studio. I know, man. This works for now. Works for now. We, at least we can give the people what they want. <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Every day. It's only gonna get better. It's only gonna go up from here, man. I think our first and second one we did were actually pretty unbeatable. But then we kept doing it and they kept getting better, so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just instant chemistry. Sky's the limit. Let's stop pumping our tires. All right. If you want to stop, I don't know. <laughs> if you insist. Let's, uh, should we get into our topic? Let's get into it. Here's our topic. Being a coward. Being a coward. Yeah. I was feeling a little bit of that being a coward at the start of the podcast when you were trying to get me to sing. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Wanna, yeah, true. I want to put myself out there. Yeah, you know I have a beautiful singing voice. You don't want to hang out your shingle. You might get recognized and blow up. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was already thinking about what I was going to say. <laughs> I was uh, more or less thinking that I do have a beautiful voice. You do, man. Melodic. Seriously. Deep tones. But... I don't want people to hear it and disagree with that. I don't want to be vulnerable. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to get. Yeah, I, don't I want get the criticism. It. I get it. Because you you're not sure at this point. You think you do, but yeah. you want to stay in. I've never room. recorded it and listened to it. Yeah. Your voice sounds different in your own head. Oh yeah, for sure. When you hear it on recording, it sounds. Locked yeah, up. I know. The first time I did a podcast and listened yeah. to it, I was like, "Who's this faggot? <laughs> yeah. When am I gonna come on?" 
Did you this like guy, your voice? This guy sounds it? like a fucking homo. <laughs> sounds like a fruitcake. And when I say homo, I don't mean gay person. I just mean you know like a like a like, like a less like of a man, an, like an idiot. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying like a gay derogatory term. Well, you do mean it. Derogatory. I, lo- I love the gays. You mean it? Yeah, me too. You really love the gays. I do. <laughs> I do. I love lady boys. Shit. Let's no. talk about that. No, I'm. Okay, and we're back. Hello. We uh, were interrupted by a phone call there, a little short commercial break, but we were talking about ladyboys. So, uh, I was kidding. I've heard you go on a few <laughs> tangents about ladyboys before, though. Yeah. No. They, uh... <laughs> I think the words that you said was, who cares if they got a little penis? Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> it's, uh... Let's fuck them in the ass. Yeah. In their tight little asshole. <laughs> I think I've, it's just been on my mind because um, you're going to Thailand. Yeah, I'm going to Cambodia. Cambodia. And I'm jealous. Right beside Thailand. I'm jealous because of the thriving ladyboy population there. Yeah, dude. They're no. fucking. They're thick as thieves over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not actually very serious about hooking up with ladyboys. And I. I say that as a matter of fact, just because, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't put myself, up, I don't look down on guys who might be interested in ladyboys. I know some fellas who are. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff comes out while you're in treatment. Yeah. A lot of conversations. And I don't, uh, I don't think any less of them for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if you... It is I, a, yeah. I can respect the fact that somebody is able to be open and talk about what they like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to judge you for it. That's, I, I love that. I love that in a man. Yeah. That's where the best conversations are when you're just having a true loss. That's, that's like the opposite of being a coward. Oh, yes. That, it's funny how that links into our topic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it came full circle there, honestly. It did come full circle. Lady, lady boys, do you think you're gonna fiddle around with a lady boy while you're down there? I, I probably not. You and Shannon have some fun with a lady boy. I don't think Shannon would be into it. Maybe she would. Maybe she might. They got dicks. Yeah. They could satisfy us both. He could. <laughs> the the lady boy could fuck her, and I could fuck the lady boy at the same time. It's like weird trilogy. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You think about that? I have thought about that. <laughs> really? You have? Oh yeah. Shit, man. You two specifically involved. Oh, buddy. Yeah, no. Um, but no, this just crossed my mind. You know how, like, ladyboys are in like a whole different realm because there are a lot of chicks with dicks nowadays, and it's like a hate crime to call a chick with a dick that. Like, you're not supposed to say stuff like that. You know, it's just a she. Right, right. But she has a penis. But a ladyboy is referred to as a lady boy. Right. So, is it a lady or a boy? Yeah, I think Call it's it a, a he or a she. Probably a she. I think they're just they they're comfortable with the term lady boy. They're like a, a subspecies. So they're cool. Yeah, they're different. They're on their own. Different. Yeah, and they're not they're not like a transgender. It's like they've already fucking established. Yeah, their they're own proud shit. of their penis. And they're they they've already integrated themselves very well. Not like loud vocally, you know, like transgender people. 
they gotta fucking voice it like uh like it's okay for me to be transgender it's like yeah nobody said it wasn't okay yeah. but cool with it that's great whereas lady boys they're just it's organic i think western society western culture should take a page out of their book oh yeah on how they integrated it into their culture you know the lady boys should come here and do a seminar yeah, like there should like, be a ladyboy festival. Yeah, like okay, this is how this is if you want it to work and people to love you, you know, do it like us. Take a page out of the ladyboys book. Yeah, they're celebrated around the world. Who yeah. doesn't love a lady? Everybody boy? knows about the lady. Yeah, boys. yeah. Anybody who's going to Thailand, it's like, oh, you motherfucker, you're yeah. going to see some ladyboys. You're going to be getting blown by ladyboys, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Cheap little twenty dollar BJ's from a ladyboy. Who knows the difference? <laughs> who can? Who knows the difference? Yeah. Yeah, you can't tell. Should give him a reach around. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Maybe you are. It'd be fun. Yep. You know, (laughs) like have you agreed? No, it wouldn't be fun (laughs) if the lady boy just had a way bigger dick than you. Oh, that's. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good thing. Yeah, I'd suck off a lady boy. (laughs) I'll suck you off. (laughs) Let's hear me out, lady boy. I'll suck you off if your dick's bigger than mine. That's my rule. <laughs> Strange rules I play by. <laughs> I play by a different set. Yeah. It's just those You've never met a white man like me before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Special. <laughs> All right. We've gone off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah, Even we'll bring it. The lady boy thing did kind of, you were able to tie it in. Yeah. Because you're clever, but... That's not really what we came here to talk about today. Yeah, we came here to talk about cowardly situations. Times when we've been just real cowards. Yeah. And there's, I know there's no shortage of those for you, John. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, man, I, have, I haven't even thought about any cowardly situations going into this. Because I like to live in positivity now. So I haven't thought about anything cowardly that I've done. But as soon as you said that, John, you're a coward. That reminded me that my biggest obstacle in getting clean was just getting over, just not acting like a coward, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Going through discomfort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Being willing to go to meetings and speak at them, or even just... Being, just being honest, you know, but I think being a coward is kind of being a liar. If you're a coward, you, you lie and you manipulate to get yourself out of, to take the easiest pass possible. Passive least resistance is being a coward, pretty much, for the most part, you know. And that was my life for a long time, just avoiding uncomfortable situations super anxious and I wanted to avoid anything that made me uncomfortable so when I got to treatment and I found out I was gonna have to like speak at meetings and just stuff that I was so uncomfortable doing I was fucking ready to leave crying in my room being like I can't fucking do this I gotta get out of here yeah 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 I remember that I was I was at a 12-step meeting last night and uh I shared at it and I was talking about uh, how there's always uncomfortable parts in life. Like, it doesn't matter. There's always things that are... And sometimes you have to make a decision, and there are two shitty decisions. 
mm. and so you have to think about it and which one's the less shitty decision and you just go with that one and it's still shitty but it's like that's you know you gotta fucking walk through the fire sometimes yeah to grow a little bit it's stronger like dude i remember in my addiction boy i was the grand procrastinator like I fucking crashed my mom's car. She was letting me use her car. This happened, this this exact situation happened twice. So the one time it was with her car. I rear-ended somebody, I was baked, having a spitball fight with, the, with my passenger. And uh, we were at a red light parked. Yeah. And I thought the light had turned green. You know when you look up and there's like, the cars are gone. Yeah. The cars are, are way ahead of you and you've just been sitting there like an asshole. Oh, yeah. I had this like knee-jerk reaction that that's what happened. So I just automatically hit the gas and fucking smoked the dude in front of me. Oh. I didn't even look. Jesus. Like, just like a retard. And he had a hitch on his truck. And it punctured the radiator and there was green shit all over the road. <laughs> and I was just... I remember telling him, I was like, dude, it's fine. Just... uh I'll give you some cash. I'm just going to drive this thing home. He's like, dude, you're not fucking driving this anywhere. Like, yeah. there's green shit all over the road. You <laughs> fucked your car. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the cops came, and, oh. and it was a thing. And then, and I didn't tell my mom about it for, like, a week and a half. I didn't even, I just didn't go home. Really? Yeah, I just fucking I hung out. Ah, oh, probably 17. Just hung out, couch surf for a little bit, you know. I, I was kind of doing that lots anyways. Mm. And then I, I came home after a while. And uh, I was like, so where was the car? It was in an impound. Oh, you just got it. An SGI it. impound. So, yeah, they towed it away. It was totaled. So <laughs> I was like, I just assumed she would have heard, right? Like, you know, some, yeah, she'll figure it out. some official would have called her and been yeah. like, all right, you got to come and get your fucking shit out of this car or whatever. So I was like, so did you hear? She's like, hear about what? She's like, oh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I totaled your car. <laughs> fuck. She's just like, fuck. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. She's like, when? I was like, oh, like a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, been there before. As soon as you, it's funny because it makes the situation so much fucking worse. But yeah, that kind of a, a situation kind of that that reminds me of a situation that I'm hesitant to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> fucking busted open, man. Alrighty. Well, this well now that I think about it, most people would probably react this way, but. This is just so embarrassing all around. But um, I was dating in my one long-term relationship. And this was near the end, actually. This was the last summer we were dating. Um, but I was, I went on that stupid fucking app, AshleyMadison.com. What's that? It was this dating app that's set up for like affairs. And it's supposed to be discreet. Like, that was the whole thing. It's discreet. <laughs> and you fucking... You give, like, your credit card info, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to find some... I'm going to find some housewife, uh, unhappy housewife to bang. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, it was, like, super... Our relationship was so bad at that point. Like, I was so shitty. We... Li yeah, that... 
yeah, we don't need to get into that. But um, as soon as I the shit, as soon as I got on the app, I was like, oh, this is horrible. It, it's super fake. There were so many just fake profiles on there. There was nothing. I was like, oh, this is garbage. Didn't really look at it again. And then like a month later, I'm just scrolling the internet or whatever. Like it was literally on like CNN or something or like global. And it was like dating site, Ashley Madison hacked into by who are those guys that like wear the masks? Oh, uh, anonymous. Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to publicly, um, they're going to put out all of everyone's information. So everyone's going to get outed. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was the worst, man. Dude. And people's info were actually coming out in Regina. That's a few, intense. A few people who worked for the city, like, it actually came out. And one guy's name was, like, in the fucking... You could read about it in the news. And I was, like, looking the shit Holy up. shit. Yeah, man. And That's a crazy breach of privacy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. How is the news even allowed to, like, post that shit? I don't know. Like, the news didn't post his name, but I was able to, like, look his story up on the internet. Like, he basically was, did an interview. Like, he, like, did a fucking interview on Global or something. Wow. And I was just beside myself, man. And right when this happened was at the same time when my truck got stolen. So my truck was, like, gone for a month. I was borrowing my girlfriend's car when I could. We're, like, already fighting a lot, and this is happening, and I was just, like, a nervous wreck. (laughs) And I was just, I don't know, I just remember that, like, being in this, like, per like, that was, like, the ultimate, like, (laughs) just coward's purgatory. (laughs) You know, I'm just stuck there. I'm like, well, she's gonna find out soon. Checking every day, like, so many times a day. Because there was literally, like, this file where they were showing up, and... I was reading a lot of stuff that's like, this is bullshit, it's not actually going to come out, and then a lot of stuff where it's like, yes, it will. And, yeah, that lasted like two months. And I don't think I was a very good person to be around those two months. Yeah. And uh, she cheated on me and dumped me, like, during that time, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, yeah, man, that was just like the ultimate, you know, feeling of just that. Yeah, I think that's Coward. a good line for it. Coward's purgatory, where you're just yeah. stuck there. You're not going to say shit because you're a coward. Did you come up with that coward's purgatory? I just did right now. That's that's money, man. Like that? Trademark yeah, that shit. Yeah, it's when you, you're stuck there with your lie or with your secret yeah. that you're hiding and you can't you're say You're just anything. waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Like, ah. And you're too cowardly to fucking... You could get rid of that anxiety by bringing it up. Yeah. It would yeah. be painful. Yeah. And it would... It would, it would make the situation worse initially, but it would ultimately be the bet, right thing to do. Yeah, and it would it would get it off. You wouldn't be in coward's purgatory anymore. No. You'd be in a I'd, fucking... I'd have got it out. You'd be an honorable piece of shit. Yes. Man, one time... So the first time I ever went to treatment, you reminded me of that when you said coward's purgatory. <laughs> reminded me. So I was in... The first time I ever went to treatment, I got intervention to go there. And, uh, so I'm at treatment and I'm not too stoked about it. I don't really want to stop using drugs. I'm just there to get my family off my back. And so like 15? Uh, 17. Oh. 
I think I, yeah, I think I was just about 18. Oh. Or maybe I just turned 18. Oh. Um, so I go there and I'm just looking, I'm looking to get high. And we were fucking, they used to make us do work at this place. So we're working on this house being renovated. And uh, so I steal away into the bathroom, as <laughs> I used to often do, and uh, did a little quick search through the medicine cabinets, right? Because usually mm. there's some nice fucking little, yeah. you know, some painkillers or something left over from a sprained ankle or something in there. You never know. I found this uh, bottle, a prescription bottle with pills in it. Mm. I'd never heard of these pills before, but they said, do not, oh, may it said may cause dizziness. Um, don't operate heavy machinery. Perfect. So I was like, okay, this shit might fuck me up if I take it out of it. So yeah. boom, swipe that. Mm. Um, then we go back to the, the center and uh, we're all kicking it there. And, and uh, I stashed it in my dresser mm. in like this fucking, uh, I can't even remember, in like a, a toilet paper ring. <laughs> fucking just stuffed it in there and then it's like and so we had to go to church at this place too and while we were at church I guess they did a search of all the rooms and they found this fucking thing so they sat us down this was the craziest part of it they sat us down in the fucking room and they didn't take the pills they left them in there but they sat everybody in the room I guess they were giving us a chance to like fess up oh yeah like so um anybody want anything that they have to get honest about there was uh, some stuff went missing from the house that we were working at and we just want to know if it was any of you guys and if not that's fine we just want to know you know and of course I wasn't saying shit yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck that um, then they let like a day go by and they're like okay um, Winston you have fucking <laughs> you have uh, pregnant or you have pills for pregnancy for a oh, morning sickness they were like pills to help with morning sickness <laughs> like why did you, did you take any oh yeah i was taking did them. they do anything for they you didn't do shit <laughs> but i was fucking taking them <laughs> <laughs> i was crushing them up and fucking snorting them? i was bucking hollywood <laughs> i didn't get morning sickness uh, but so yeah <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, good in the morning. So they're like, uh, you got these... Or, or I think they came to me, they're like, is there anything you want to tell us? Like, Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the director, he was like, it's crazy, you know, watching somebody who... who or he like, he referenced it to some Bible verse of how, like, when you know you're guilty. Yeah. And he's basically like, like he knew, and I knew that he knew. Yeah. But I still wasn't willing to say shit. Yeah. And it, it had to be like the whole thing where they fucking brought me down there and like showed me exactly where the shit yeah. was. They had to take like, you right down to it. Yeah, and right until and like once they, they showed you what you do, just like what, oh, once oh. they had it in their hands, I was like, and and then yeah. I was just like, well, what do you expect, man? I'm a fucking drug addict. Like really? <laughs> like you expect me to just be fully honest? And you guys were running a treatment center here. Like, do you guys even know how to deal with drug addicts? Oh, really? <laughs> I was laying it to I them. like that. That's aggressive. And uh, they're like, well, so you stole these out of that house, out of that medicine cabinet. And I still wasn't getting honest. I was like, 
I didn't steal them out of anywhere. I found this pill bottle in the treatment center. Somebody else stole them and stashed them here, and I found them. Oh, nice. And, and I was like, and frankly, the fact that you guys have prescriptions laying around this treatment center full of drug addicts is a little fucking <laughs> irresponsible. A, a little irresponsible. <laughs> Oh, and they're just shit. shaking their head like, you fucking piece of shit. Wow, you were a real piece of shit. But in my heart, I knew that I was lying. And I knew that they knew I was lying. And you still just keep going with and it. And I still just kept going with it. Just a coward. That's a bummer right there, yeah. Yeah, That really man. rings a bell right there. I, I was just like, the exact situation. I had this squint in my eye like, I'm fucking right. And they're yeah. like, we all know you're lying. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not lying. But inside, I knew I was lying, right? Yeah. They knew it. I knew it. That sucks when that's the case. Oof. Too fucking cowardly just to be like, yeah, I stole them. Like, what would have happened? Nothing. They would have been like, all right. Well. Do you remember, like, how you slept that night or how you felt when you got out of the situation? Um, I guess yeah, that's still I, I remember, dude, at that, at that time, I had, like, the time rule. It's like, okay, just a little bit of time has to pass yeah. and this will fucking blow over. I was like, I'm, time I'm feeling the pressure right now, but I just got to get these motherfuckers off my back. Something else just has to happen. Yeah, something else has to happen, and then shit goes on. Have and you talked about the time rule on this podcast? Yeah, you've talked about your two-week rule. Yeah. I just need two weeks to pass after doing something horrendous. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I wish that was the fucking case with the Ashley Madison fiasco. <laughs> that one lingered for a long time. Actually, nice when she dumped me, and I was like, "Well, that's one thing I don't have to fucking worry about." Cause it wasn't even resolved. I'm like, "When's that gonna fucking you know?" Like, yeah, it's just this. Yeah, but no closure. It's a thing. That, yeah, no closure with that. But it didn't matter once. You know. There were just too many names in the fucking system for it to. I think it was like a lottery actually getting exposed. Right. Getting exposed, but still fucking dude. anonymous man. Those self righteous bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I lost so much sleep over that. Drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, one time, uh, oh, this this was bad. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I think it's when I, when I turned to the dark side, I really went deep. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, I thought I was kind of, you know, it's kind of noble or like not the worst. And then once I started doing drugs and stealing stuff and going in that direction a little bit, I just fucking, you know, no, no. Bar, hold bars or whatever however yeah. the saying goes like it just went all out so I remember I was going on a trip to my auntie and uncles in Alberta and staying there for a while and on my way there I just remember thinking like fuck their liquor cabinets are always stocked and they're always out of the house and they always got shit and I just remember thinking while I was going there like I'm gonna fucking steal a bunch of their stuff yeah not only their liquor but just like whatever's valuable yeah for sure and uh <laughs> So I go there, and I took a couple bottles of liquor into my backpack, found a fancy watch into my backpack, an expensive bottle of cologne into my backpack. Jesus. Yeah, man, I was just being a Were real... Were other people going there, too? What's that? Were other people going to be there? 
It was just like you staying there. It was just it was me staying there, and my mom my mom was staying with my grandma who was in the hospital. So it was so obviously it, you. So it was obviously me. Yeah. But like I was, you know, trying to be selective, not like take too much stuff, yeah. and like I knew that I wasn't a, like up up to that point, I was very trustworthy. Right? Yeah. And, How old were you at this point? I was just an idiot kid, probably yeah. fifteen. Oh okay. Just a fucking maybe even fourteen, but no, yeah. probably fifteen. Just yeah. a fucking idiot, like not yeah. thought through at all. Yeah. And so, like, the day after I took all this shit, yeah. Obviously, my auntie noticed, yeah. and it was my step auntie. It wasn't my real auntie, oh, so yeah. she fucking. I don't know. It's weird with a step auntie, right? This heathen in her house. And yeah. Fucking stole her shit. Yeah, she. It's not blood, so she can kind of treat me. Yeah, or a little different, I guess. Yeah. And so, she after, a day after I stole it, obviously she realized that this fucking piece of shit teenager just stole a bunch of our shit. Yeah. So while I was outside, she went into my backpack and took all the stuff that I had stole and just put it right back where it went. Oh shit! And didn't say a fucking word to me. Oh no! And I came back in the house and remember looking in my backpack and my heart just sinking like. Oh. <gasps> And just waiting for the other shoe to drop or my mom to say something or her to say something. She never told a soul, man. Wow. I think I think she thought, like, if I don't say anything, it's, it's going to make it even worse for this kid because he's just going to be fucking yeah. dreading what's going to happen. And I did. For, like, a month after that, I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's horrible, man. <laughs> that must have been so awkward being there. Did you, like, eat dinner with her after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just <laughs> fucking, dude, I just painted a smile on my face and pretended like nothing happened. You had training in being a piece of shit for a good while there. Yeah. Yeah, and once you just start stacking events like that, it gets easier and easier to just be shitty. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how it was with me for just being a, just the shit that I would do when I was dr out drinking, you know, it became so fucking routine, but like after the first, well like the first time you black out, you wake up and it's a fucking horrible panic, you feel awful. Yeah. Like I was like 14, but like, oh no, woke up like terrified like trying getting a hold of buddies like literally on like a landline calling friends like what, what did I do like wh where was I when did I get home like, what the fuck happened like okay everything's okay holy shit like yeah man you were really drunk it's like you went home at this time it's like what the fuck oh, four hours of memory just gone yeah but then it just became so fucking normal I had a good like eight ten to ten years probably just normal blackout just cool with it. Yeah. And then, you know, there'd be nights worse than others where you wake up feeling a lot of shame. But then that, as time goes on, you just, I just kept fucking letting it roll off my shoulders easier and easier. Just yeah. not really caring. Just getting kind of even comfortable with the idea that's just like, well, like I am the village drunk. Like I'm the fucking town idiot. Like, yeah. This is what people expect of me. Oh, that's a fucking new low, hey? Yeah. I used to... Yeah, man, because I, I remember the lion, like... What is that? Like, my dad would say it. It's like, yeah, it doesn't take long to ruin your reputation. Like, you know, you can ruin your reputation real quick. It takes a long time to build up a good one. Yeah. And I would just be like, 
think about that and be like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, my reputation's gone. My reputation's gone. I can't make it any better. Yeah. I remember just being like, I'm just the drunk guy. This just happens over and over again. I just disappoint people, piss people off. I'm just known as a fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah. I was in denial about that until I was probably like 25. But I had a good four years where I'm like, yep, I'm just the fucking drunk guy. Yeah. Not a good feeling, but uh, it does make it easier to do stupid shit. Yeah. But I don't know. It's always there. It's weird, because in a way, like, it does make it easier, but it's always there. It doesn't go away. You know? Like you, it's always there. Man, that's kind of one of the driving factors for me, like, being clean. Yeah. It's like, I was the fucking drunk guy. I was mm. the loser. Yeah. I was like, everybody known me, knew me as a loser, somebody who couldn't be trusted, yeah. somebody who would steal from you, um, all of these things. And after being clean, and, and it, it, like being that way perpetuates itself. Mm-hmm. Because once you're known as that, it's like, well, fuck it. Like, this is who I am, this is all I'm good for, I might as well try and get whatever I can. Yeah. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse. So now being clean and, you know, building a bit of a track record in the other direction, like being positive, you know, being a role model, doing something with my life, um, that sort of thing. Fuck, dude, that's like a huge motivation not to go back to who I was before. It's like, fuck, I can't. Yeah. Momentum's a real thing. Really. Yeah, knowing some serious momentum going in the other direction now. Oh yeah, knowing what I know now, I can't, I, like I can't betray myself that much to fucking. And I know, if I was gonna fucking go out partying one night, that would turn into fucking two nights, oh, yeah. two nights, and that momentum would just build and build. It's like. Yeah, man. I gotta keep doing positive things and driving in that exactly. direction. I can break that momentum and fucking just one drink. Yeah, keep putting myself in uncomfortable positions where I have to grow. Yeah. And fucking, you know, or or you know, or else I'm just gonna go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I still do get the thought every now and then. You know, I haven't been clean for that long. Fifteen months, fourteen months, or something. But every now and then, I still do get a thought. You know, it's like fuck. It would be fun to just be able to tie one on one yeah. night. You know? just one night, dude. Drunk, I drunk as fuck. I get that thought about every type of drug in different scenarios, like different yeah. times. So sometimes yeah. I'd be like, fuck, it would be sweet to shoot some coke. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes like, oh, I'd just like to have a cold beer. Yeah, in this hot summer. Yeah. Sometimes it would just be like, fuck, it'd be nice to just unwind with a bottle of whiskey, some ice. But the idea of it is so much better than the reality of it. The idea is so much better because, oh God, it would be one fucking drink and then it wouldn't be as good after that. Yeah. It would literally be... Just trying to fucking like chase that away. <laughs> and it would just be a nightmare. Yeah. Waking up the next day, man, I don't know what 
the fuck I would do. Like, imagine just waking up hungover now. Oh. After all that's happened. I wouldn't be able to... Dude, even now, sober some days, I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like my fucking self-talk is yeah. like, I. Oh, nobody wants to see you. The world doesn't fucking want to see you. Just stay in bed. Yeah. But you just get up and fucking power through it and everything's good. But man, if I was drunk, like that's what I used to do. I just used to stay in bed till like fucking three in the afternoon and get up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking do some drugs. Do some drugs to be able to face the world. Yeah. It's like, ah, God, my life is fucking shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's just so, like, not even, it doesn't even make sense, you know, to, it's like, oh, I just want to fucking be able to relax, just have one drink, you know, but it's like, the the effect that it would cause would be so the opposite of relaxing, (laughs) it would be like, and I don't, yeah, and sometimes it's just like, oh, I just wish I was normal, that's just being like self-pity, you know, it's like, wish I was normal, I could just fucking have some drinks. Yeah. But then when I see normal people drinking, because I've had some drinks with like, you know, I've gone out with girls who've like had a drink before. They'll fucking drink like a half a glass of wine. Yeah. I'm just like, why would you do that? Yeah, I don't get that person. And there's a lot of people like that. Like, yeah. to a normal person, you could, if, if somebody was like, hey, I'll make you a bet. Like, you can't not have a drink for a year. I'll bet you, you know, 500 bucks. A normal person just wouldn't drink for a year. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll take that bet. And yeah, have no problem, sure. just not even, wouldn't even cross their mind. Or they might be somewhere, somebody would offer them a drink, and be like, ah, no, I got yeah. a bet. I want to make this 500 bucks. Yeah, dude, for me, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. For me, that's not fucking possible. And I know that because I've woken up many mornings and been like, I'm never drinking again. Holy fuck. And then just be drinking that night. Yeah. You know, just... Oh, yeah. Drinking next weekend. Getting on the old liquor train there, champ. (laughs) Yeah. Let's try this again. This time I'm not going to get so drunk, though. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that alcohol is a tricky one. Dude, I used to like to have the idea where it's like, oh, I'll just have a few stiff drinks and go to bed. Oh, yeah. But I would have a few stiff drinks and then I'd start feeling good. Yeah. And then I'd want to have some more stiff drinks. And the last thing I want to do is go to bed. You start feeling euphoric. Yeah. Actually, well, like the doctor, we got a doctor here who's, I guess he was our doctor at the treatment facility we went to. And he's a recovered, recovering addict as well. And he's been clean for like 29 years or something like that. When he was explaining to me like what an alcoholic kind of is and what happens for an alcoholic when they drink compared to like normal people. He was saying like normal people will have, you know, it varies in people's tolerance and size and everything. Two to five drinks, then they'll start feeling drunk, right? Yeah. And if they go further than that, it's unappealing because they don't feel good. An alcoholic goes further than that, like gets to that point, they start feeling euphoria. And you pour like two stiff drinks, like let's be realistic, me and you pouring two stiff drinks is probably like eight drinks. Yeah. And then at that point you're like, fuck, I feel good. You've all of a sudden got like energy. Yeah. And then you have two more stiff drinks and then you're just fucking drunk. Yeah. And then you have two more stiff drinks and then you're like fucking basically blacked out. Yeah. 
and then you know, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you drank a two six, uh, <laughs> and yeah, you just sat in that couch all night, and now you feel like shit. And you need to drink again. Yeah, man. Or you know, shoot up morphine. <laughs> dude, I remember fucking. Oh, dude, that reminded me of this time. Some of my drunkest days were in Daniel's house. <laughs> we just would fucking slam liquor. Use the liquor captain. Slam liquor till you pass out, wake up, fucking slam more liquor. And it was one of those times, it was like, we drank one night, and I blacked out quick. We were uh, drinking tequila shots, and I blacked out real quick. Then I woke up, and it was like early, early, like four in the morning. And... Uh, there's still people going at it, so I fucking got back after it. Yeah. Blacked out again, and came to around like 12 in, in the afternoon, yeah. and uh, they were videotaping me because I was being such an animal, oh, yeah. and uh, they're like, here, have a, have a shot of this fucking vodka, and I had a, a bottle of vodka in one hand. I was like, I need some chase, and the, the, in the video, this dude, Dylan, was like, I got some chase here for you, bud. And so I just fucking slammed this bottle of vodka, take a oh. big shot, reached over, and he handed me a bottle of whiskey. Oh, and I thought it was no. pop, and I was so drunk, I didn't yeah. even know, and I just fucking took a big shot of that. And the look on my face was just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> They're all laughing at me. Yeah. And then blacked out again. It's just like, fuck. That reminds me of Craven, man. My favorite time of the year when I was teenager in early 20s was Craven Valley Jamboree. Yeah. Craven Country Valley Jamboree Music Festival in Saskatchewan where... That was a big thing where everybody just went to go yeah. get blacked. It was... Yeah. And me and my buddies did not go for the music. My mom would buy... It's funny. My mom would buy like for Christmas me my two brothers would get our our all access passes like go to every concert for the weekend. It's like woo! <laughs> yes, thank you, mom. And then uh, get there, set up a tent, and not even go to one concert. Yeah. Um, and just get fucking blacked out the whole time. Like, just drink till blackout, pass out on the ground, get up, drink till blackout, pass out on the ground. No separation between day and night. Yeah. Just for four days, just fucking that. And you come out of that literally so fucked up. Like, yeah. You're. I've come out of that festival after not even doing hard drugs. Like, usually I was there. Usually I was doing coke and ecstasy and stuff. But after the first one, I don't even... I was, like, in grade 11. And that was the first time I drank like that. And it was, like, heaven for me. Yeah. Because, like, I was able to just... Cause I, because I... Because my parents would look, check up on me. Like, they knew I was drunk and... But if I didn't come home that night, I'd be in shit the next day. Yeah, yeah. And, like, which would happen. But, like, there I just got to fucking run wild. And I just drank my face off for fucking four days straight. And I was like, this is fucking heaven. When I left there, I was literally hallucinating. Yeah. Like, I was trying to go to sleep in my room. And the fucking room is, like, spinning. I'd wake up and the floor would still would be grass. I'd be hearing party noise outside. Like, um, full-on conversations going on outside my door. Like, people are, you know, it's outside your tent and people yeah, are yeah. chatting and music's playing. Like, I hear a fucking drone from a generator. 
it was fucked, man. I had to, yeah, I had to like get up. I called the buddy. It's like let's go fucking, let's go have some more drinks. Let's go smoke a doob. Yeah, let's go smoke a doob, man. I can't sleep. I'm seeing shit. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of my jam, like finding places <coughs> where I could do that acceptably. Because yeah. a lot of, like, normally that's not acceptable. No. And so if you get drunk, pass out, get drunk, pass out, you can't just do that anywhere. Yeah. So I'd have to find places where I could do that, you know, like certain buddies' houses where maybe they were doing that too. Or you had to, yeah, you find like minded friends. Yeah. And I was, I remember being butthurt about, like, certain friends. I'm like, ah, I don't hang out with this guy anymore. Like, why is this guy fucking big time in me? Yeah. Big league in me. Yeah, he thinks it's he's like, better than me. Because you are self-selecting your friends by the fucking way that you act. Yeah, because you're like, an alcoholic. You want to fucking hang out with people who get blacked out. And, like, most people that I grew up with get blacked out. But it's, like, maybe in the morning... Yeah, but you turned getting blacked out into an art. Yeah. Yes. That's what happens when you get when you get a black belt in junkie. <laughs> you fucking turn getting you turn a blackout into a fucking beautiful piece of artwork. Like, <laughs> like I would start my blackout and be like, okay, we're going to the bar, we're gonna party tonight, yeah. and go out with some friends. Maybe they'd be a more risque crowd. Yeah. If they were a more risque crowd, we would probably end up smoking crack that night. Yeah. If they were less risque, we'd just be sniffing coke. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we're going out partying, start out doing drinks, sniffing coke. Yeah. Then fucking keep drinking all night, maybe smoking some crack. Yeah. Then the sun comes up, and then usually those friends kind of ditch, so I'd have to find a new fucking crowd. So then I'd go to my shittier buddies, who's maybe like an entrenched junkie, <laughs> yeah. go to his basement and like fucking... Yeah. Drink some more, keep drinking, keep getting blacked out. And that's your Saturday. And that's my Saturday. And then it's like, well, okay. Into Sunday. Yeah, you maybe black out, wake up. Then you're fucked up. You're sick. Yeah. So I, I would be like, okay, well, I need to smoke some heavy weed and start looking for some serious painkillers. Yeah. So I fucking smoke some weed, maybe take a few shots and start texting around. Like, I need to get my hands on some morphine. Yeah. Or, and maybe some coke. Yeah. And then get my hands on some morphine and fucking do that. And that would level me out for the day. And I'd get really high on morphine for a day after, you know, the two days of drinking. Or a day and a half of drinking. And then taper off onto smoking weed and maybe having a couple of beers. <laughs> the next day after that. And then fucking transition into my work, you know? Yeah, fuck man. I'm glad I never got into the painkillers. I don't know... Oh, I just never became a thing for me. I you fucked around with them a little bit, like benzos, I guess. Oh yeah. Just my buddy, who I lived with. I think I've talked about him on this podcast before. He would have pills, and he kind of always was. He was who I would go to find drugs. He was the medicine man. He was the medicine man for sure. He was the doctor. And he would have some shit. And I don't know, I just, I didn't really fuck around. I remember the first time I did them with them, we were drinking, like, heavily, and I took some, and I remember, like, having a great time, like, drinking on it. Yeah. But then, like, it was, like, a heavy blackout. Um, and I woke up, and I was like, I have never slept so soundly in my life. Yeah. And I, like, slept on the couch, and I woke up, like, at fucking three, 
p.m. the next day, and I when I'm hungover, I don't sleep in. Like I wake up dry mouthed at like fucking six a.m. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all fucking miserable and jerk off for five hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's but, another part of the routine. Yeah, like yeah a lot of jerking off. A lot of jerking off to get you through. But man, I think I could have gotten yeah, really into that painkiller shit because I was a weekend warrior. Um, like not that I didn't drink on the, on the weekdays a bit, but I'd fucking make it to work. Yeah, the like painkillers make it to work. The painkillers really transitioned you off that hard bender into the fucking work, right? I because would just drink all fucking Sunday, but I would shut her down. Be like, "Well, go to bed." So fucking sad. Sometimes, like beside myself, sad. Like I can't even. It's such a fucking crazy way to live. <laughs> to just be so happy Friday and Saturday. Well, more so Friday. So happy Friday, just drinking my face off, fucking in a blur all Saturday, and then Sunday just kind of easing the pain. Still drinking a fair amount. <laughs> don't feel like I'm getting drunk because I'm just yeah. keeping it at that level just so I don't start getting the shakes. And then just go to sleep at like 10 or 11 and not really sleep, just roll around in my sweat. Yeah. Like I must sleep a bit, but I feel like I'm just rolling around in my fucking sweat all night. Then Monday, just heavy on then the weed. Heavy on the weed, yeah, I smoke a bowl before I go to work, but, like, fuck, man, those are dark days, like, just in so much pain at work, just dragging my ass, cold yeah. fucking back sweat on my, on my, on my back, fucking all day, <laughs> it's the worst, <laughs> yeah, and then just heavy on the weed when I get home, yeah, Counting the minutes until I can get home and fucking just get high and sit on the couch and fake this fuck. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I was the medicine man for my roommate Daniel. Yeah. He drank heavy, but he wasn't quite as highly educated around drugs as I was. Yeah. So I'd be like, here, take a little bit of this, do a fucking bump <laughs> of this, sniff some of this. You ever smoke crack with you? Yeah, you know can't remember. I remember one time we had these guys in our house and they fucking wanted to do meth so bad. They were like demanding for a light bulb. They were like, come on, man, just give us a fucking light bulb. <laughs> and Daniel was, wasn't having it. He's like, no, man. And uh, yeah, Daniel was kind of, he liked sniffing this stuff. It was called half jib. I think it was just straight meth. <laughs> the guy half Jim. <laughs> yeah, the Still guy, a little more friendly. The guy the guy said it was like That's fucking He's like it's not MDMA, but it's not meth. I like to call it half Jim, but it was just like glassy shards. That's hilarious. <laughs> we used to it's fucking not quite meth. Daniel loved half Jim. Alcoholics <laughs> 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 love speed. But I bet you, I bet sense. you, if the guy was like, "This is crystal meth," then he wouldn't have done yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But I like, get. Oh, I'll do a little bit of half jib. I'll do some HJ. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I used to fucking give him morphine all the time. And Who he would turn down morphine. Yeah, he liked that. He's like, dude, it would make me fucking throw up. But it felt so good to throw up. Like, throwing up felt amazing. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Hilarious. It's true, yeah. I always had a plate on top of the fridge with like different kinds of, you know, maybe some fucking Coke on there or some morphine or something chalked up, right? Yeah. Just ready to have a rail. So you'd 
get home from work and be like, all right, buddy, fucking have a little bit of this. <laughs> That's great. You're a good roommate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your roommate situation was a lot like I, mine. I just needed somebody to fucking get high with, you yeah. know? I needed I needed a wingman, and, and yeah. he was... He wasn't like that classic addict. Like he wouldn't have had coke or morphine on his own. Yeah. But he was always down to do it. He's like, "Fucking rights, man. Let's get after it." Yeah. He, was, he was just a good old fashioned alcoholic. It's kind of how I was with fucking drugs, man. Like, well, I don't know. I I always liked to have weed because it was good for. I was a bit of a hermit at times, and it was good for just not leaving the house. Yeah. Getting comfortable on the couch, but. I loved, like, coke and speed and stuff, but I just, I didn't want to, ultimately, I didn't have that much money, and I needed it for alcohol. Yeah. I needed it for alcohol and food, and, yeah, and I still would spend money on coke, but I knew that my buddy, because my, my buddy, who I lived with, was obsessed with coke. Yeah. And so I always knew, I, I kind of just knew. Yeah, that was me just being a user, too, like... I'd probably buy some more if it weren't for him. Yeah. And he just always, he even like sold it a little bit. And, yeah. You know, and like sold steroids. And oh. kind of just always had shit. Yeah. And I just knew, like I can get some off him. I got Daniel into selling coke. I was like, man, you fucking need he to. He was be. selling coke. Oh yeah. I was like, you That's need to hilarious. be making more money, dude. Like you fucking go to work, you bust your ass all day for what? And hilarious I hooked him up with the guy that I used to get it off of. And it was basically just a move. To get him to have fucking more coke yeah, in his Yeah, it was a fucking product play. I was yeah. just like, all right, I'm going to get him to fucking carry a big bag around. And I'll have a big bag and we can fucking trade back and forth. What are you doing on my coke? Yeah, so. She's, my friend's going to be here right away. Oh, okay, okay. Just a heads up. We're still good. So yeah, it was fucking... He started selling it. He actually made money selling it because he wasn't doing it all the time. He didn't just like do it when no, by himself. He'd only do it when there's people around. Oh, yeah. He actually made a bit of cash. And I fucking never made any money selling it. Never. Shocking. But it was just always a thing where I was like, okay, I gotta try and get the biggest bag of drugs that I can. Yeah. And I gotta figure out a way to do that. Feels like you're kind of you're, you're working a little bit, you know, you make a little money here and there, you put some cash in your pocket, you spend it immediately. Yeah, you hustle, try and keep the ball. Yeah. Try to keep the ship afloat. Yeah. With drugs. And then at the end of the bag, you have no money. Yeah, yeah. Get thrown in another one. Yeah. <laughs> and then ask my mom for like fucking $2,000. Mom, I oh, need this $2,000. Yeah. Most of the time she'd give it to me. I've done that many times. It was always just for rent, and it was genuinely for rent, yeah. but it's because I spent my money on alcohol. Man, speaking of being a coward, I That's used to fucking, I used to pretend that, like, to my friends that I was a drug dealer. Be like, yeah, I fucking pay all my bills by doing this. I pay oh, my bills yeah. by selling coke. Yeah, and, and like, I, pay I did, I did sell coke, but I yeah. certainly didn't fucking pay my bills. Like, my mom paid my bills. My mom fucking basically paid for my coke habit, too. <laughs> like I would, I would. Yeah, you're going a super to unsuccessful drug dealer. Yeah, going to debt like two thousand dollars with a drug dealer, fucking do it all, and then beg my mom for money to fucking pay for my habit and my rent, yeah. and then act like a big shot in front of my friends. Well, dude, I had the same shit going on. Not from like dealing coke, but just being like you know, 
I'm a fucking linesman. I don't yeah. Pay my own bills. Like I got this shit all figured out. Like, yeah, pro- probably trash kids who, the buddies who get get helped out by their parents, that kind of thing. That's yeah, like, that's yeah. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another big push. Like now, fucking living this way, it's like yeah. Yeah, just being fully fucking independent, man. Yeah. Like, ever since getting. I haven't asked for a cent. It's not a goddamn thing. It's nice. Yeah. Got my own sweet ass ride. Sweet ass whip. Sweet yeah. ass pad. Paid for cash, $400. Cash, money, motherfucker. My tires are fucking $200 more than my, my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it feels good. It does. Well, should we fucking wrap it up there? Let's wrap it up. All right, until next week on Inside the Box with John and Winston coming at you. I was going to say God bless and then I decided not to. Well, you just did because it's still rolling. <laughs> oh, no. God bless, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.